0: Welcome to Heartstorm, a podcast dedicated to the journey inward. I'm Katie Mullins, and I'm joined by my co creators, Casey Leck Gordon and Kathleen Curry. For new friends here, Casey and I are the co founders of It All Media, the number one destination for modern women redefining it all. On the show that spurred our company, the Fuck It All podcast, we ask every woman to finish the sentence, When my power is shaken, I. And almost 100% of the time, the answer is, I go inward. That got us thinking and talking to our dear friend, community, business, and spiritual leader, Kathleen Curry. In response to the question we kept asking, together the three of us developed this show, Heartstorm, dedicated to the journey inward. If brainstorming is the method to find a conclusion to a problem, this assumes that one, we know what the problem is, and two, there is a singular solution. Now I'm just gonna go ahead and call bullshit. This isn't grade school, and the answers aren't in the back of the book. This is life, manual, not included. So what you will not get from this show is answers, soapboxes, solutions. What you will get from this show is a community of like-valued women sharing, bearing witness, and exploring in new ways our collective experiences of going inward without pursuit of a specific question or conclusion. Kathleen, Casey, and I are here to put our respective gifts on the proverbial table. We will press record and have real-time conversations amongst ourselves and others to discuss what is often felt but rarely talked about. So with that, let's do the damn thing. Casey, Kathleen, welcome to Heartstorm. Thank you. Uh,
1: thank you, thank Katie. You. I'm so right before we hit record, we were like, "Oh, we'll do the intro later." And Kathleen said, "No, nah, we need to do it real time. We got to feel it." And I'm so glad you recommended that because all the other craziness that was happening in the hour before we hit record, logistics family, drop-offs, coffee, et cetera, just all quieted and I feel like we are right where we're supposed to be. So Kathleen, brilliant suggestion to read that and bring yeah. us back.
2: It's what we all need. and one of the key points and reasons and the aha for us creating heartstorm was when the three of us got together, we just loved being together and we loved ourselves when we were together. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so much that life made sense when we were together. But it was like we we're you know, companion travelers. And that's why we said, we just have to share this. And we've had lots of conversations with many other women since. And they go, you have to share this. And we said, we know. So here we are. Casey and Katie asked for me just to give a brief overview of myself. I have 69 physical years. And it's really difficult to do this unscripted because you know there's so many ways that we learn how to talk about ourselves in business. Well, I do this and here's this and we have a resume and blah, 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 blah. But in fact, as Katie said, life is really messy. And growing up, I grew up in a German Catholic family in Richmond, Indiana, in the middle of the cornfields. And I lived. I was a kid. Then my parents decided I needed to go off to high school, to an all girls Catholic school. And I worked my way through. So you know, my, my first day of high school, I was washing dishes and cooking and then going to school. And I loved my studies. I loved being in the kitchen. And then everything else I didn't really understand. I really felt like this ugly duckling. And I also learned, looking back, that I'm a real sensitive human being. I feel things, and I, I can always feel the energy. And all my life, people would say, you're just making this up. It's not really real, all that kind of stuff. So I, I took on the mantra and the cloak of life and what that looked like. And it's, you know, been a wonderful life. So you know, I grew up in technology and corporate America, really successful. I jumped into innovation because I could create things raise lots of money, build companies, all that really cool stuff. So of course, when you're in it, you think it's really cool. Like it's the coolest thing. But then when you get out of it, you go, oh man, really? So, so I did all that. And what happened was I had what the Buddhists would call a critical eruption. And that was when the company that we built got sold and I was no longer there. I was, it was time to be with my husband and my daughter and be in my rose gardens. And that summer, my marriage blew up and everything that I knew was gone or I thought it was gone. In the physical sense, it's terrible when those sorts of things happen. But looking back, and this is really the thing about heartstorming is taking our lives and recontextualizing them and say, now that I look back and now that I'm here, like I'm my older self, what was that all about? And what I did know was that there was more being this baby boomer, as I say, white lady from middle Indiana who is successful, is to say there's so much more. And I don't know what it is. But what I do know is what I know is not right. It's not fitting. So that was now 22 years ago. And since that time, I've done a lot of things. I've had therapy. I've traveled doing peace projects. I have a Master's of Divinity in Spiritual Peacemaking. I've traveled the world looking. And I kept coming back to myself. And it wasn't until a number of years ago when I was going to move to Denver and this was it. I was going to start over. And I started to cry. And I said, Why am I looking for home out there? Where's home in me? And what does that feel like? And what does that look like? And why isn't this home right here in my home? And so my journey has been taking all that. I went to understand how our emotional systems work and consciousness works. I'm an avid reader of history. I became a certified astrologer because I have a math degree from Purdue and mathematics, it allows me to see patterns that are often invisible. And then I start putting those patterns together. So, how is the spiritual woman? also a CEO? And how would that even be? And how does she show up? How do I show up being compassionate, but also knowing like with my daughter and raising my daughter, I I loved her and was compassionate, but by golly, she had to do her homework. By golly, I had to get dinner on the table and I had to be in that carpool line. So there's just this great mystery. And then also One of the things that we talk about is walking with each other, but the big part of it also is learning how do I walk with myself and how is it that I love myself when I'm really cool, she says, my daughter would roll her eyes, and how is it that I show up when I yell at neighbors or yell at the dog or just just go off the cliff, crazy shit, and love myself then. I love the world as it is. And that's why I'm here.
1: Kathleen, as you were sitting there talking about it and Katie, there were a couple of things that jumped out just in the conversations that we all three have had, looking for home elsewhere, looking for peace elsewhere, but then realizing it was within yourself. And you and Katie, we all joined in a conversation. We could do this every Friday. We spend two or three hours together every Friday. And I jumped into a conversation and you said, when I travel, I like the person I meet there, meaning that you like the version of yourself. And just, it reminded me so much of that in the sense that so often we feel discomfort in our own. Being so we search, we search, but there's something about pushing ourselves and saying, Can you just sit with yourself? Can you find yourself in those moments and realize it's just you that you've been looking for? And I thought that was so beautiful. And we can certainly riff on it. And then the other piece that you mentioned there was this duality. Trudy Roth, who was a guest on the Fuck It All podcast, she's a meditation teacher, a dear friend. She said, Life is about the and, not the or and sitting in the fact that you are both, that you are a loving, free spirit, but also like dinner has to get on the table and do your homework because we have to get up at seven and go to school. Like I have felt that so immensely. I think motherhood has been this amplifier for that in my own life, but I didn't realize how much through life and Kathleen, maybe you have thoughts on this, but I too felt super emotional, super sensitive. I've been told that my whole life. You're so sensitive. You're so sensitive. And I thought that was bad. So then I doubled down on being this hyper achiever. I channeled any of my energy into that. And as I started to come into my own, be more at peace with who I was, but also occupied different roles that required different parts of me like leadership, like motherhood, like partnership, like being the kind of friend and daughter I wanted to show up as, I started to say, you can't just only do this one thing that is so exhausting because it's not organic to you. You're emulating that behavior, but instead you have to sit in this duality and you may not be perfect at either but it'll be perfect in the fact that you're letting yourself be two things and i hear that from a lot of women in our other conversations so just as you were speaking those were two things that came to mind and i think represent both within your story both Katie and i which i i always love in our time together the
2: i've i've had a yin yang relationship with the yin yang and, and the polarity <laughs> and you know and i I've thought i've, I've not I've thought about this i write every day just to explore this and get it into words and one of my greatest teachers, and, I, and in our conversation it is with all, all three of us, is Mother Nature. And mm. Mother Nature has storms and sunshine. And she has night and day. And she has rain that some the farmers, might, the farmers love in a drought, but the picnickers wish it would go away. And, and you look at that and you say, but when we're born, as soon as we're born, it means that we're going to die. So these two parts of us are looked at so much as being separate. But when we step back just a little bit, they're part of the whole. And so what I wanted to understand was, where did I learn this? Like, I have to be this good girl you have to get the A's. Yeah, we learn it in school. We learn it growing up. It's how we get socialized in human. Get the A, and F is bad, and then you fail, and then you know what do people go? I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. And yet, when you look at and if you look at the consciousness layers, we we have conscious, unconscious, subconscious, and we have shadows, and it's that's deep in. So when you take the, the spiritual and the psychological and the human, the light and the darkness lives within each of our human beings. And we're all capable of this. And the hard part of it is that we don't like to look at that part of ourselves. And because we think it's bad and there's that inner voice that thinks it's bad, but it is part of us. We all eat and we all poop. Okay, what goes in has got to come out. And one of the things that, that we've all talked about is that in our gifts, let's take the gift of sensitivity, where it was just too hard for people to be around us feeling that much and, mm-hmm. and asking harder questions and what they wanted to deal with. And so when those parts of us want to come up, we don't really know what to do with it. And I, that's part of heartstorming, which is to go into those places and be able to see. And it's Marianne Williamson. It's not the darkness that you fear, but it's the light of your own being that you, that you fear. Come out into the light. And I have this visceral reaction to, well, just do it. Just be in the way. And it's like, how not? Like, what? You got it. You're kidding me, right? That's why we get to walk with and say, we come back and forth to each other and go, I thought I did that. I learned that lesson. Now I'm back in it again what is going on?
0: Oh my gosh. Casey actually asked me to write a prompt, like each week, sometimes we'll just riff and write something. And she said, write down everything you're learning right now. Cause sometimes, especially at points of, uh, just when we're feeling the pain points, it's like, get the bad man out, just write down and process what's going on. So she says, I feel like I've got to be learning something right now because this is too hard (laughs) and there's a reason for this. And so I wrote down what I was learning, but it came out everything I'm not learning. And it was everything that I know, like I know to let go and yet high death grip. And I know that like, if I'm already invited to a meeting, I'm supposed to be there because I have a skill set that's going to be valid in that conversation. And I still am like, hey, here's everything you need to know about my resume and why I'm qualified to be in this room. And I know that meditation is good for me and that eating healthy is good for me, which is exactly why I did it six months ago once. And <laughs> and, and I just feel like it just keeps showing up where it's this lesson. I know the right thing to do. And yet I can't get out of my own way most of the time. Uh, And it's just, it keeps showing up until the lesson is truly
1: learned. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think about that's using your thing, Kathleen, of stepping into the light there, right? Like if you meditate every day, if you move your body, if you let go, if you have confidence, all of these things, you would be your most amazing version of yourself but yet we don't do it. And I think that sometimes it's, I have felt that the more I step into it, I then have this, this fear that I have to then uphold it, right? Is if I become the most amazing version of myself, is that sustainable? So, and going back to what you said, Kathleen, around the idea of failure and continuing to be the best, not just good and showing up and doing your best, but the actual best, there's this pressure. And that's one thing I've been so grateful with this idea of walking with, because we've shared it openly, and doing it all media, the fuck it all podcast, I felt like, oh my God, we're out here helping women, you know, empowerment or dealing with hard things. And I felt like, and if I didn't do it perfectly, then who am I out here to talk about any of it? And that I just, I know in my heart to be bullshit because who are the people that I adore the most? They're the ones that say, I still struggle with it. That doesn't mean I'm not trying to learn or trying to grow. And I have found in this accidental group that we just so organically formed is that I can show up and say exactly where I am. And there's listening, there's safety, there's sometimes anecdotes of our own lives and our own experiences. But there's also this idea that this is a moment in time. And I think that for anybody that's listening, this stuff can be really hard to go about in our own lives, especially with those around us that know us really well, because our growth can make others uncomfortable. And my hope for this show is that we, we one demonstrate, right? We model a behavior, but also um, what are the tools? What are the practices? Yeah. Like what are the things that you might be able to take back? And it doesn't mean you do it perfect every time, but is it something you can return to and just carry like a little fraction of it? That, that to me is what I've seen in my own life. I don't think we have the answers to solve any of it, but I think that we might model something that could be really beautiful for people to to try themselves. Casey, you sometimes use
0: the word, not that we need permission, but it is like we almost give each other permission to ask all the questions and to question everything and hold space for feeling, and you're not too sensitive or too much. <laughs> Instead, it's the feminine feeling, unlike the masculine linear. We all have both in us, but to actually experience sitting with those feelings. And it's been such an interesting process to learn that so often when we allow ourselves to question and we allow ourselves to process and think and just sit there and not try to solve, how much quicker we can actually get through it, <laughs> um, you know, or are able to sit with our discomfort. It's like, you don't have to be comfortable in it. Just be okay with the discomfort, which is hard.
2: I think one of the things I set out over the course of the last 22 years, and I and it came at different times. You know, I said it at one point, I said, and I still can't carry this. What I really want to do is I want to come to know unconditional love. And I want to come to know what oneness is and how that feels and I want to live in a life that's integrated and as we're talking about that, it, that we've got these constructs I think a number of times now what I've learned to do when I'm saying I want to be this or the my best or use, use those terms is if as a divine being this is perfection right mm. here and in that oneness I am always whole I am always exactly who I am to be. There's a wonderful Zen story of this woman with her cart walking past this garden. And she looked all around and the trees were droopy and the grass and all the bushes and different kinds of trees. And the rosebush was there just all in bloom. She goes, what's going on? And the rosebush said, gosh, the oak tree wants to be the bamboo tree. I don't know. The rabbit's looking at the bee and saying, you get to do that. How come I'm down here? The bee's looking at the rabbit going, hmm, you're munching that grass. And she said, I'm sitting here in a rose bush. I have thorns. I have leaves. I have buds. I have these beautiful roses. And she said, I figured if the universe made me this, I better be. And I want to be the best darn me that I can be. And and I think that's one of the things that when we're together and sharing and with everyone listening in terms of heartstorming is to remind ourselves of that light within and that beingness within and that perfection within and to bring that unconditional love. I've even thought at times of having a daughter who's now thirty-five. She said, "You know when." When Sarah would act up or cry or hurt, what would I do? And what do I do as her mom? I sit and I hold her and let her know that she's okay and she's loved. And so there are times, we told y'all we cry. So there are times, you know, when I just took myself and said, what if I hold myself with that much love? And what if I bring that love to me? And then I can bring it to other people as well. Mm -hmm. And that's the gift of walking with, not in a mantra way, not in a bullshit way, not in an Instagram picture way. It's like real time, real people. And one of the things that we do through the tones of our voices, and if the three of us were together, and if we were together in the same room with everybody who's listening in, we would feel this. And we would know this love and how we're held because not only we're now hearing it through our voices, but we also feel it through our bodies. And that's that place of home. Mm -hmm. That's that place that we get to come back to and go out and be these incredible warrior, loving, sexual, intelligent, powerful Beautiful women in all shapes, sizes, and colors and creeds, and hold that for ourselves
1: and each other. That was beautiful. I feel like that yes, just came so. right through you from somewhere <laughs> above and just delivered to our group yeah. right here. Kathleen, I want to tell this story of Katie and you knew each other through work. and we all got coffee together and we're telling you about it all media and fuck it all podcast. You know, we're going through all this. And I said to you, wouldn't it be great if we could create something? that kept women from having fuck it all moments. And you looked at me lovingly, but directly and said, why would you ever steal that from them? And I want to talk about that here, because as you were talking about that unconditional love, I think for me, as a woman, we are told a lot of times that we can be the fixer we are responsible for others' happiness, for others not to feel pain, that we can be the place of joy, we can be the good girl, all of these messages. And I don't think that a lot of them come even consciously. I think they are so subconscious in our family dynamics, in messages from media. And I didn't realize until that moment how many places in my life I was trying to rob someone of their own pain. And you said, anytime you've been in pain, what has happened on the other side? And It's growth. It's more enlightenment. It's getting to know myself better. It's personal strength, confidence, not without struggle, but all of those things are such gifts. And I cannot tell you as part of my practice now, I think to myself, when I go into fixer mode, I have found more peace for myself in relinquishing the responsibility to fix everybody's problems that aren't even mine to begin with. And I just... I would love to talk about that amongst us because I think that was one of the biggest gifts. It was early on in our relationship, but it has been one of the biggest gifts that shows up for me almost daily that you gave.
2: Yeah, it's... uh so I'm still walking that path. So one, so one of the beautiful things about about <laughs> Same ugly, girl. things get more subtle. I used to have to fix my life because you know it blew up. So then I had to fix that. And then I had to fix everybody in my life. And these companies, you build them and then you go in and fix them and all that, those kinds of things. And part of it is taking a, a deep breath and just reminding ourselves. And one of the things that we've talked about and I've gone back and read the Odyssey now. So one of the sources of great understanding of life is in mythology and the stories that were passed mm-hmm. down. Here was Odysseus, who is this amalgamation of a being in the male world. And he, talk about fixing stuff. He fixed it. He won the Trojan War. How heroic is that? And then all he wanted to do was to go home. So when you look at the Odyssey and you begin to read it and read it from a mystical perspective, you can see that you know his first adventures, first of all, the gods threw him off course and he was at sea for two years, it took him 10 years to get home in linear time, supposedly. And so at first he used his intelligence and then that failed. And then all of his teachers were women, feminine, intuitive skills. Who are you? Go in, go feel it, go be in the mess. You can't fix it by wielding the sword or fixing a problem or coming up with a plan. And and so I think for us, and we've talked about this a lot is that's an unlearning. And when we mm-hmm. see these other ways to live, and one of the things I, I know many years ago, I was out walking and I was had a bad day and I was walking hard. And all of a sudden there was a little voice and she spoke softly and she said, hello, I'm your heart. And the mind goes, you start watching these voices inside. And to mind, she said, are you willing to learn? You learn, that's how you know all this stuff. And you're conscious about your life will you learn from another place? And mine thought about it. Yep, yeah, sure. I'd love to learn. Let's bring it on. She goes, okay. If you're willing to Let's learn, will you learn from me? And that's the story of that conversation about fixing things and about really understanding and how powerful this is for us as women who have this high intuitiveness. We have this high connection and this deep connection to the unseen realms, to how life beyond our physical body in this earthly plane and the media stories and beyond outside of what car do you drive or what color lipstick or whatever in terms of who we are. And like what we're really doing is just sharing. It's like we're explorers. What does life really look like and feel like? Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be messy.
1: Yeah, there's something to me that we've all described it. And this was one, I think, the areas that we really bonded over is maybe our ability to put it into words of this calling home, of this stirring. And I've yet to talk to a woman that we describe that to in some capacity, and they don't lean in and say, oh my God, me too. And I think that with what we're doing here, Kathleen, with the gifts you've given us by just being able to tell these stories in a way that we all see ourselves a bit, is that it's almost like we're able to start listening to the voice that's been there where she's been talking, but we've been told by everyone else like, hey, that that just needs to like bring it down a bit. And we're finally turning the volume up. And she's like, no, oh, I've been here. I'm good. And I I find that to be, I I really find it actually to be comforting because it reminds me in all the places that I've doubted myself if I've thought I'm too much to know that she was meant to be there. And that there is a place in which that is welcome and celebrated. I just personally find a lot of peace in that as someone who feels a lot of that creative tension, to use your words. And so I think that, I think if we could have women in general take themselves more seriously, believe in that inner power, inner intuition, and recognize that it's the superpower, not the weakness. Definitely. Guys, that was a heart storm.
0: (laughs) That was a heart storm. (laughs) Damn, ladies, we covered a lot of ground. This has been everything I thought episode one would be and more. For those of you listening along, thank you for giving us your time and even more. Congratulations on giving yourself this time. Before we go back to this beautiful mess of our lives, waiting on the other side of the pause button, let's close this episode with a collective breath. Are you ready? Inhale. One, two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three four and exhale one two three four oh that was good as a follow-on to today's episode you can go over to itallmedia.co forward slash join to gain access to everything we talked about today i'm katie mullins i'm casey let gordon i'm kathleen curry we'll see you next time on heartstorming like brainstorming but better